Hello, hello, and welcome, welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. And I am your host, Miss Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation, as to why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. All right. And uh, if this is your first time uh, jumping in on this podcast, make sure you grab your notebook, your pen, pencil, crayon, marker, color and pencil, whatever it is you choose to write with, because I am going to be dropping some jewels and some nuggets for you today, this episode. And I say this about all my episodes, they fire, but they are, you know what I'm saying? You know, they are. All right. And um, my goal too, just to give you all a heads up, uh, I plan on uh, having an episode uh, next time with a guest because I definitely uh, like when I am engaging in conversations with guests on my podcast because we really, really get to talk about uh, the different things uh, that's holding us back in the Black community when it comes to literacy and how we can combat these issues, all right? So again, this is episode 29, and the title of this episode is, Can We Talk? All right, did y'all like that? Y'all like how I just broke that out, that little Tevin, little TC for you? (laughs) that's right y'all can we talk okay that's what I titled this episode and uh what uh sparked me into uh titling this episode can we talk is because we need to have more conversations with our children with our parents grandchildren our sisters and brothers aunts uncles cousins We need to talk, y'all, and not just talking about anything. I'm talking about really, really talking about our experiences, talking about the different things that, uh, you know, places that we've gone, things that um, that we've done, you know, uh, different events in our lives, because all of those things that we are talking about, when we talk about those things with one another, it actually helps to uh, bring out the fact that those things make us who we are, okay? And a lot of times in the Black community, one of the things that I notice is that because of the fact of the trauma that we come from, and I know this is not in, in every Black family, So, you know, let's be clear. I understand that. But you have cases to where you have some black people, some elders. Unfortunately, they don't like to talk about their past. They don't like to talk about their experiences. And and a lot of it is because of a lot of traumatic things that have happened to them. So it's like it's almost like they like, you know what? I don't even want to deal with that. But and I'm not saying again, I'm not saying that. You know, if you're trying to talk to one of your elders and if they don't want to talk about certain things, I'm not saying push the issue. I'm definitely not saying that because, you know, definitely um, you have to be respectful. But what I am saying is that we do have to when we can, whenever there's an opportunity to be able to talk to each other about different things that, 
you know, we've experienced or places that we've gone or different events in our lives, we need to do that. And now how does all of this relate to literacy, you may be asking? Well, it is the entry point to learning how to read. (laughs) I'm going to say that again. It's the entry point to learning how to read. All right. So let's go. Let's talk about this. Well, number one, we come from as black folks, we come from an oral tradition, meaning what in African societies, that's what that's how information was disseminated through storytelling, through elders talking about different things, passing down different things. And, you know, people, you know, you have young people, they're asking the elders questions and the elders telling them about different things, their experiences and, you know, giving them ways in which how they can be, uh, you know, live uh, good lives with good characters and all of those types of things. So that oral tradition, that is heavy in our African roots. And so that is something that we have to value and we have to treasure and we definitely got to get back to. All right. And so as a matter of fact, um, you can actually let's let's do this here. I'm going to go right into the benefits of being able to uh, start back with having those great conversations and and starting those conversations uh, with your elders. And so, again, like I said, it that is part of our history as black people having that oral tradition. All right. But the first thing that I want to say in terms of the benefit of it is that it teaches authenticity. So when you are having those conversations, when you're asking your, you know, my dear, you know, some of some of you may call your your grandma, my dear or mama, you know, or granny, you know, when you're asking them those questions about. So what were some things that you did when you were growing up to have fun or, you know, um, did you ever have these issues in school with your friends? Because I'm having these issues. And right there. They have to be able to answer those questions. It's not about, you know, them having to go do some research on it, you know. So what they're going to do is immediately they're going to activate their prior knowledge, meaning they're going to go back into their mental Rolodex, if you will. And then they're going to think about, oh, yeah, I remember when I was in school and then, you know, we did this and this is how, you know, I remember having this problem with one of my friends or, you know, I remember those types of things right there on the spot authentic, being able to talk about what it is that they've experienced. And right there, this is something in which our young people need to hear. Because through hearing these um, authentic responses, this is actually going to help to make them feel like, okay, you know what, I'm not alone in what it is that I'm dealing with, you know, or this is not something that's just unique to me with these different feelings. Or also too, they get to see like, oh, wow, you know, I'm dealing with this like this and you dealt with that like that. This is something that seemed like it runs in our family. Right. So it actually is, you know, creating, you know, more of that connection to the elder, to the elder that they're talking to. So, again, the authenticity piece, that's the first thing. The second thing is the listening aspect. Like I started to say before, how listening and, and, and talking about these different experiences, that oral tradition is the entry point into reading is because of the fact the first way in which we 
are learning how to read is that we have to be able to listen. We are hearing those words. We are hearing those sounds. Remember, a baby in utero can hear. Remember all that research? I know a lot of you are familiar with a lot of that research that started coming out about making sure that you read to the babies while they're in the womb because they can hear. They can hear the mother's voice. You know, they can hear the father's voice and all of that. So all of this research was showing, hey, look, read to these babies while they are in the womb. So right there, that is showing how that is the entry point into learning how to read, being able to listen, being able to hear those sounds. And then, of course, after that is the speaking aspect. OK, so after the listening, after the baby is hearing those sounds and then, you know, obviously, as they get as they start getting into three months and four months and they start cooing and all of that, that's them trying to mimic those sounds that they're hear they're hearing. So all of that, again, is the entry point into learning how to read. So the first thing, like I said, in terms of the benefit of having those conversations uh, with your family members, having those conversations with your mother, your father, uh, your sisters, your aunts, uncles, brothers, talking to them, that right there is helping, helping again. Uh, like I said, the first thing is the authenticity piece. The next thing is the listening piece. Number three, your memory is being strengthened. That is, that is why it is, it, you know, when you have those elders who have their grand, grandchildren around and their great-grandchildren, and they're able to talk about their experiences to them. And then you have the great-grandchildren and the grandchildren, they're asking them, the great-nieces and great-nephews, and they're asking all of these different questions. It actually helps that elder in particular, and it helps to the young people as well, but in particular, it helps those uh, elders with their memories being strengthened. Okay, so having those conversations, it actually it is a benefit and is a two way benefit. And again, all of this is connected to literacy. How? Because you need to have a strong memory in order to be an effective reader. Okay, so again, so so far, the authenticity piece was number one. Number two, the listening. Number three, the memory being strengthened. And then number four, it ties into what I was saying in the beginning. You're able to talk about your experiences. You're able to get off your chest, if you will, your different experiences. Because we got to, and one thing we have to understand, sometimes you may be talking about things that you've experienced that may not be so happy. There may be some times in which, you know, it was hard. But if you're able, if you are in a position to be able to talk about those things with somebody who is, you know, somebody in your family, you know, and it's a, a real sincere conversation and it's authentic and they feel comfortable and safe and they're able to get that those different things off their chest. It actually is a way of healing. So when you're talking about those experiences, it actually can heal you as well. I mean, you, you think about it, you know, one of the things um, when they had that study, that famous Hart and Risley study that talked about the kids who came from low income families, uh, you know, they came from, you know, a lot of uh, homes where, you know, it was a lot of struggle nomics going on. And what they found is that those parents were not having what you call extra talk. And that extra talk is when the parents are able to talk to the children about 
different things going on in their day and, and, and you know, just having that conversation, right? You know, be, the, the parent being able to talk to the child, the parent asking the child, right? Because it's not always about you giving commands. It has to be, too, about that parent asking the child sincerely, so how was your day? Okay, so what, what did you learn? Tell me something that was funny. You know, jazz it up. Don't make it seem like it's always something to where you, you, you're asking, you're, you're like drilling, you know, no one, no one really likes to be drilled, right? You know, when you, when you're, you know, being asked a whole bunch of questions all in a row, you know, you start thinking like, hey, what you the police or something? <laughs> like, what's with all the questions? You know what I'm saying? You know, but if you are asking, you know, questions, you know, asking your kids in a way where it's like, I really, I really want to know what was it that made you feel good? Because I want to help create those great memories. I want you to be able to think about those good times. And even those times, or as a parent, you might want to ask, you know, so were there some challenges in your day? You know, what's on your mind? You know what I'm saying? And then when you start developing that habit, a lot of times you won't even have to ask. When that child starts to feel safe and comfortable, they're just going to outright tell you. You won't even have to ask or they may just show you in their facial expressions or their body disposition. So then you'll be able. And again, that's creating a deep connection. And so all of that, again, like I had talked about before in terms of that Hart and Risley, um, you know, that that research or whatever that they were doing, talking about that extra talk versus that business talk, because the business talk is the commands, you know, go, go put your uh, go make up your bed. Let me see your homework. Go take a bath. Put your uh, dirty clothes in the basement. You know, put that down. Stop. Quit. You know, all of these. Come on, get in the car. I'll talk to you when I get home. You know what I'm saying? All of that. All of those commands. And why am I saying those examples like that? It's because I know I've done them myself. I can relate to those. That's how I was done. And these are things in which we got to get rid of in our community because when we keep passing that generational trauma, because that's all it becomes. That's all it becomes. When you when you have a relationship, you know, with your with your kids, you know, or grandkids or whatever the case may be. And it's just, you know, everything is this uh, it's, it's not a comfortable vibe. It's not something where they feel like, you know, I can just really relax and be myself. I got to, you know, but when I'm around you, I got to be on edge and all of that. It, it will affect your, your learning. And that's why you have a lot of our kids who are struggling with reading. A big part of that is because they're coming from homes in which it's already a lot of stress. Being black, being in a society where black folks have been relegated to the bottom on purpose, and we not really understanding that that is the case and that we have to keep constantly pushing back against that and keep pushing back against it, countering, countering it, resisting and countering, meaning what we resisted, we push back and then we counteract it with the narrative, the new narrative of where we come from and how we don't we don't come from no tradition like that. We don't come from a, a space where it's, you know, negativity and we can't be ourselves and we can't be uplifting and positive. But that's the society that um, has been created for black people. And we know this. 
But again, as the saying goes, when we know better, we got to do better. When we know better, we got to do better. And so, again, like I said, these are this was something that, um, you know, I, I definitely I said, I need to do an episode on this. I need to do an episode on on how we need to have conversations and talk more with each other. Parents having to talk and not just talk, but listen. We have to listen to our children when they are telling us different things. And again, like I said, as I'm reminding you all, I'm reminding myself when I'm doing these podcasts, I'm definitely not doing them in and coming from a mindset of, yeah, you know, I got this all figured out. I'm doing it great. And, you know, y'all got to get on point. Get No, nah, uh-uh. this is a we. This is a us. And that's why I feel like I'm able to talk about these things because I've experienced them. I've done them myself. I've experienced a lot of the stuff that I'm telling you all about. And I'm about us breaking these generational traumas, man. We got to get rid of this because that's the only way that we are going to get better. And that's the only way we're going to actually experience true freedom. You know, we have to address the issues. We got to identify them. And then we got to say, okay, how are we going to get rid of them? And we always have to be constantly, consistently on that mode of trying to push back. And so, again, like I said, I'm going to do a repeat real quick of the benefits of having these conversations. Can we talk? All right. Having those conversations. All right. Playing that little Tevin Campbell in the back. Okay. Number one, the authenticity piece, Uh, you know, bringing out that aspect of you being yourself. (laughs) That's what authenticity is, man. You coming with the raw. This is me, who I am. Love me or leave me. All right. That's number one. Number two, listening. All right. So the conversation actually helps with the listening. Because again, when you are talking to somebody, it can't be two of y'all talking at the same time. One person does the talking. The other person does the active listening. Right. So you're attentive. You're not on your phone, staring at the phone, or you got to look on your face like, when you going to shut up so I can talk? No, 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 no. Really, really be present. You know, really be there like, yes, I really care about what you're saying right now. Number three, the memory is being strengthened. Okay, so again, I, I must stress, especially for our elderly people. Elderly people, I know it's studies out there. I don't have no studies in front of me, but I know a studies out there that show that you have when you have those elderly people, those grandmas and grandpas and great grandmas and great grandpas and all of that. They talking about their experiences. I know it is it correlates to them having longer lives. It got to. And then finally, like I said, you get to talk about your experiences. All right. You getting to actually talk about your experiences and you're getting it off of your chest, if you will. All right. So that is very, very important. And I hope that you all have gained benefit. Again, like I said, from this particular episode of Can We Talk? And let's please do that for one another. All right. Let's have let's let's keep trying to have those conversations uh, with each other. All right. Promoting good, healthy conversations. Okay. And I want to leave you all with a quote because I love leaving you all with a quote. And I was trying to actually find a quote 
uh, I usually like write down quotes and stuff. Let me try to think. Um, ah, you know what? I can leave you all with the Toni Morrison quote. I love that one where she says, um, if there is a book that you want to read, but it has, uh, if there's a book that you want to read and it has not been written yet, then you must write it. All right. So look, and before the writing process begins again, you have to think about your experiences. All right. So you have to remember and think about whatever it is that you want to write about before you start. Okay. So again, that can start just like I said, with this whole aspect of having those great, authentic conversations, starting with your own family. Just as they, just like it's the saying goes, charity begins at, at home. You know, folks say, I want to do this for that, for this group and that group. What are you doing in your house first? What changes can you make in your own home first? And I also want to uh, leave you all with the book that I've been reading. I'm still reading uh, the book Black and Liberation. All right. Uh, excuse me. Black and uh, I'm sorry. Let me get the, the title of that book again. I said I said Black and Liberation, y'all. Black Power <laughs> and Palestine. I wonder what I'm talking about. It is dealing with liberation, but Black Power in Palestine, Transnational Countries of Color by Michael R. Fishbach. This is the book that I'm still currently uh, reading. And that's it. You have been listening to another episode, episode 29 of Real Reading Talk. I am your host, Miss Sasha. And please remember to keep reading for at least 30 minutes a day. Peace.